With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to say thank you to the Iowa Pork Producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa Pork Industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this, Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production and more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family owned. So thank you to the Iowa pork farmer. Thank you to the Iowa pork consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. For one more beer for me, exile needs quality, so savagely. Best beer in all the land, brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can, exile brewing, E-X-I-L-E, for me. Podcast with Miller and Dace. Time to talk uh, general college football, Big Ten from the weekend. Before we do that, just a little bit of the season's winding down, Steve. And though there's only a week left, there's a lot on the line. Our picks contest. Um, I have 731 confidence points. You have 745. I I, <laughs> I I took 30 points off of it this week. I went 10 and five. You went seven and eight. Um, I'm 88 and 92 on the year. You're 91 and 89. So I'm going to need to I'm going to need to narrow that gap to to win that this year. But there's something else that you and I did back in August, and that is we 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 used the uh, over unders from Bovada, the win totals, and we made a prediction on every Power Five team plus BYU and Notre Dame as far as our over under the totals are concerned. Now, I don't remember what we said we were going to do if it was an instance of a tie. Um, and we can talk about that another time. But not counting anything. The only games that I've put in the books so far are game, are teams that are locked in at the over or locked in at the under. And that is 47 of the, what, 67 teams? Because there's 65 in Power 5. I think it's 65, yeah. 60, well, there's 65, but then plus BYU and... Then, and the, BYU yeah. and Notre Dame would be 67. 67. Yeah. So we have 47 that we know for sure right now with one week to go. I'm 25 and 22, and you're 24 and 23. So there is a lot on the line this weekend. It is it is going to be a lot of fun and worth watching. Uh, I sent a buddy, a, buddy, a buddy of mine in Vegas, actually, who I... My, my boss at my day job in Vegas, lives in Vegas. And I think I forwarded you this email on June 12th when the original uh, over-unders came out. Um, I, on June 12th, I sent him my four best bets that I told him to go and bet. And they're four for four. 
Those four best bets were Temple under, Western Kentucky under, North Carolina State over, and uh, Colorado under their win totals. And all four of those are good or have hit. Well, I know that you, I know you were really high on Mississippi State as well. Uh, yeah, on the over later five on, and a half. Later on, I had Mississippi State and Maryland, Maryland. Numbers, and yeah. both of those are, are good. Yeah. Have both hit already. Yeah. yeah, I remember those as well. Yeah. I didn't know you worked for Wayne Allen Root. <laughs> it's not Wayne Root, although I did. I don't work for Wayne, although I did send them to Wayne as well. But I don't think he took my advice. No, he, he's, he, he, when you're war, you don't take advice from some guy in Des Moines. Yeah, you, you get you advice. You don't schmucks. even. Yeah, you don't even come on a show and compete against them. Still freaking <laughs> disappointing. Right. He freaking he, right. he ducked our ass on that one. All right, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, twenty four ten, death by a thousand. Pa- you can't say death by a thousand paper cuts when you play with Wisconsin. It's death by a thousand knuckle cracks or something. Um, you know, Michigan lost their quarterback, and and that was pretty much they lost any chance to win that game. What do you think, Wisconsin? I mean, if they win. If they if they're undefeated, that's a deserving. And I, I never thought for a second that a thirteen and zero Wisconsin wouldn't get in. I just don't think we're going to see an undefeated Big Ten team not get in. And you said that once upon a time too. You wavered a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but I, I don't think there's any question now. Do you? No, I don't think there's any question. Um, I don't think they're that good. I don't think they would. Um, I, I think. They're more disciplined to their style than, say, Michigan State was a couple of years ago when they got embarrassed by Alabama. So I don't think it would be that bad. But I could certainly see Alabama. I could see Wisconsin in a playoff game against any of the teams we're talking about. You know, losing by um, ten points or more. Sure. I just don't. I don't think they're very explosive. What's well, horny? Uh, I think the biggest large- problem is Hornybrook. Yeah, I think they're largely a product of their schedule. Um, you know, Hornybrook made two good throws the entire game. And that was really all he was asked to make. Maybe he could have made more. I don't know. Um, but I, I think they're 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 not any better than any of the other Wisconsin teams we've seen. I think I think in fact they're not as talented as some of the other teams that we've seen. Um I don't think their linebacking core is as good as it was last year, for example. Um, I don't think their secondary is as good as it was last year. I think the offensive line is pretty good, if not really good. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor is good. But I think I the Melvin Gordon, no. Then maybe he can develop that. But, I mean, I think you're, I think he's a guy that's big, powerful, and fast. I don't really see a guy, though, that in the second level – makes you miss the way Mel- Melvin Gordon no, could. No, um, I-, I think they're a good team that's really a product of their schedule. That's what I think. I, I think that uh, it's, it's it's the same kind of Wisconsin team, John, we typically see. It's just this one has maybe the most favorable schedule I can remember a modern Big Ten team having. Yeah, I think that's fair. And if they go out and they, you know, beat Ohio State, then good for them, and they will... And I don't even, by the way, I don't blame them for that. You know, we've talked before, they scheduled a game at BYU. For the most part, winning at BYU is problematic historically, 
This is this this right now. BYU has the most losses they've had since like 1951. Yeah, three, three and eight, something like that. Yeah, so that wasn't their fault. Uh, there, it's not their fault. The division they're in and the schedule they play there—that's not their fault either. Okay, um, so uh, you know um, they're in a Power Five league, arguably the best Power Five league. I, I don't know that I think the very top of the Big Ten is as good as say the top of the ACC or the SEC, but the depth of the league, I think more than matches up with the rest of those conferences. So they're arguably in the best league in the country and they schedule and they play nine games in that league. And they scheduled what is historically of the last 30, 40 years of college football, one of the best 25 programs in the sport. And they scheduled to play them on the road. So I don't think this is, you know, early years of Barry Alvarez scheduling wins or Bill Snyder at K-State. I, I just think the, it was just an odd year that it just got, they got a harmonic convergence of a season long by so they could put all their eggs in the basket of these last few games. And they deserve credit for taking advantage of that. But it's really just a typical Wisconsin team, nine or 10 win Wisconsin team, that is playing um, the most fortuitous schedule I can remember a Big Ten team playing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, Ohio State, 38 and a half points. There's, there's several games every week that just make me scratch my head and remind me of why I don't gamble. Ohio State was a 38 and a half point favorite against Illinois. They were ahead 38 nothing at halftime. They won 52 to 14. That's 38 points. <laughs> I mean, gee, many freaking Christmas, man, just just kills you. I, I mean, I don't know. There's really no, not a whole lot to talk about um, from that game. Penn State beat Nebraska 56 to 44. I think it was 56 24 when they pulled their starters. Um, you know, Tanner Lee threw for a lot of yards. They were questioning whether or not he's going to play. And, and let's talk about that a little. What, what do you think, Nebraska's? What kind of team do you think I was going to see this Friday when they play Nebraska? I mean, it's likely Mike Riley's last game. Everybody there knows it. Yeah, I think that's a great – it's a great mystery. And there, the, the times this season where I thought Nebraska would lay down, like last week, and it was 42-10 to 10 at one point, um, they have not. Then at times when you really thought they would battle, like, you know, that primetime – those two primetime games at home when they were still – they still had a season to play for. Yeah. against Wisconsin and Ohio State, they just physically never competed in those games. Right. So I, I think I think if I was if I were an Iowa fan, I, I'd be much more concerned about what kind of team I'm gonna take over there right. than who Nebraska will be. Because I, I think I think and I think the, I think the kind of team Iowa takes over there may have something to do with what kind of Nebraska team you see. Meaning if you let them get off to a good start. And then they are feeling good about themselves. And they're like, hey, win one for Coach Riley, blah, blah, blah. Okay. If it's 10 nothing early on, particularly if it, depending on what the weather is, I, I can see a lot of guys are kind of like, well, man, let's uh, let's get indoors and uh, fire up the turkey tetrazzini and uh, the pumpkin pie uh, uh, leftovers from last night and just uh, get busy living or get busy dying, right? So I, I think Iowa – may have a lot to do with what kind of team Nebraska puts on the field Friday. Yeah, and Tanner Lee can hurt you. He can hurt you through the air. Uh, he's got a big arm. 
and clearly they're going to be watching that tape of the Purdue game, and I would imagine whether it's Manny Ragumba or Michael Oljamudia or whomever the cornerback opposite Josh Jackson is, is going to get a lot of work in this game coming up this weekend. Well, if I was Husker Nation, I would be gripping right now. I think they got some bad news from Los Angeles, California today. How's that? Uh, with Jim Mora being let go at UCLA. Because I think Chip Kelly is a much better fit there than Florida. Um, California is his recruiting base. Cal LA kids is how he built Oregon's program. And, you know, in LA, personality matters. And, you know, Clay Hilton's a good coach, but he's a Southern guy with a drawl, Bible study guy. And he just isn't, he's never going to capture the imagination of that city. He's just not a, a match for it. He's a good football coach. He's just not a match for it. But Chip Kelly and that big persona and riding into game day on Harley Davidson's and, and, the, and the no huddle offense, hurry up. And that is tailor made for the City Angels. That captures the imagination. And UCLA, to me, UCLA so quickly getting rid of Mora tells me that they think they got a shot at him. And I, I predicted in my preseason crystal ball he would be the next coach at UCLA. I think that makes that that makes if he go, if he takes that UCLA job, Florida has to come out of this with a big name. They have to. I, I think you and I would probably rank them at worst, a top seven job in college football. Oh, I'd sure. Say, I, think, I think it's a top five job myself. Well, you got Ohio State, you got Texas, you got um, USC. Yeah, USC. USC I put in there. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and I would say Florida's next, in my view. Yeah, probably so. I mean, people will say, well, what about Alabama? Well, you know what? Saban has a factory there, but. Uh, there's been two guys that have coached at Alabama that have done it at that high level. One's Bear Bryant, one's Nick Saban. And there's been a bunch of average guys in there. And then there's been a Gene Stallings that won a title there. But they cheated. Um, and many of them have. So I don't put Alabama there. Uh, Michigan's shine has fallen a little bit. But I still think they're a great job. Notre Dame shine has fallen a great deal. I think Michigan and Alabama are top ten jobs. Sure. But they're, but they're similar in that... They both have good in-state bases, but not great in-state bases. They have huge national brands. When they have elite coaches, they can be elite schools. But okay coaches are just okay there. To me, I think I think there are five jobs, or there's a few jobs where you really have to be. You really have to blow yourself up to not win at with what you have at your disposal. And I think it's Texas, USC, Ohio State. Um, Florida. Florida. I, I, that, that's what I would say. Uh, I mean, so um, Tech Florida has to come out of this with one of with either him or Chip Kelly. And if Chip Kelly decides UCLA is a better fit for me because one, I'd rather compete against Clay Helton. And with all due respect, I'm sure Chris Peterson's a good guy. Okay, but would you rather compete with Clay Helton and Chris Peterson or try to scale Mount Saban? What would you rather do, bro? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, so and that's not even counting, you know, all of the other major commitments to budgets and facilities in the SEC that you don't have in the Pac-12. You just don't have that. You just you just don't have that. 
Okay, I mean the the, the expectation level of competing against Arizona and Arizona State every year compared to even the SEC East. Well, now you've got Georgia awakened there with Kirby Smart. It's just I, I, I think I think I think he knows when he's played LSU in the regular season, when he's played Auburn and, and BCS bowls, I think he knows he's a better fit for the Pac twelve. So if he goes to UCLA, the amount of pressure on Florida to come out of this with frost mm-hmm. is overwhelming. And I think that uh, if I'm Nebraska, this is where these, these, you know, these dominoes impact one another. If I'm a Nebraska fan right now, I am freaking gripping because if we don't come out of this with frost, if we can't, if we can't get the, this, there's only the only reason frost as this year's hot hotness would even look at Nebraska is the personal mm-hmm relationship that's the only reason only reason with everything else open it's the only reason so the only reason he would turn it down then is he came to the conclusion that the the relationship wasn't worth the opportunity cost of not going somewhere else and i think that's devastating to their brand i I don't know i have no clue what their plan b c or d would be if he said no and i think the chances of him saying no went up. Now, does that mean they went from five to ten percent, fifteen to twenty, fifty to sixty? I don't know, but I, I know I know this: UCLA knows they have to come out of this with a name too. They're in Los Angeles, and if you're going to pay a huge buyout to Jim Mora, who was a huge name when they hired him six years ago, if you're going to pay a huge name to a huge a huge uh, buyout to Jim Mora, it ain't to hire the coach from Iowa State. No offense to Matt Campbell, who's done a spectacular job. When you when you, when you pay a huge buyout to Jim Mora, it's because you're gonna there's gonna be a splash on the front page of the L.A. Times dot website, and it ain't gonna be the coach at Mike Norvell at Memphis, and it ain't gonna be the guy at Iowa State. It's gonna be a name, and Chip Kelly would be a name. I, I just saw a tweet from Robbie Andrew. Let me click on his bio to see who the heck he is. Uh, the Gainesville Sun's college football beat writer since 1993. He said the Sun has confirmed that six UAA members flew to New Hampshire on Sunday to meet with Chip Kelly. The UAA members are returning to Florida without Kelly tonight. What's UAA? Is that like the Board of Regents in Florida? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I suspect it's something, I don't know. UAA. Well, clearly it, it has a, a University of Florida angle to it. So I just wanted to add that in, at least based on you bringing up the Florida aspect. Yeah, I would love to see Kelly get locked up by UCLA like this week. That would be fantastic. In fact, in fact, in fact Dan Guerrero, the longtime UCLA athletic director, I think he retires in a year. Mm-hmm. So this, t- I, th- I, think, I think he would not have even made this move. If he wasn't sure right. of who was next or was pretty confident right. of who was next. Right. Yeah, I mean, Scott Frost is going to get some cash. Um, there there was some tweet flying around this weekend from I, – I, it was enough to where Frost had to come out and say there's nothing to it. But it was something like um, five years, 30 – he's like $5 million a year mm-hmm. for Frost in Nebraska. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for a guy that's never been a coach 
a head coach in an F, an F a Power Five team. Holy cow! But you know what? If you get in a bidding war and it's Florida and Nebraska, dude's probably going to make that. Apparently, Florida has more money than than they know what to do with with all the buyouts they're paying. And there's a certain amount of money you have to pay someone in the SEC just to show the fan bases and the media down there that you're that you're even serious on any particular I mean, level. if Frost got five million a year, that would put him what fourth in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. Behind Harbaugh, Meyer, and Franklin? And Franklin, yeah. Fourth. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what they do for a plan B. I don't. I don't know what Nebraska's next alternatives are. I think every day, the Gruden to Tennessee thing is starting to sound like Michigan and Harbaugh to me. He has given ample opportunity to squash this, and we have seen him squash these rumors for the last several years. He's not squashed this one, even when he's been given ample opportunity to. I, I, I was listening to a clip of him doing an interview in Seattle on Friday, or on Thursday, previewing Monday Night Football uh, tomorrow night, the Falcons and the Seahawks. And literally out of nowhere, total non sequitur, Gruden brings up how much he loves Rocky Top and what a cool song that is. That's weird. His wife's a, his wife's a cheerleader there. He doesn't – his contract – She still is? No, he was a cheerleader there. I said, damn, bro. <laughs> Um, his contract with Monday Night Football is not up till 2021, so this is not a leverage situation. And I don't think ESPN will probably have the cash to keep Monday Night Football anyway. They're taking a bath on it. So um, there's no reason for him not to squash this. Why hasn't he squashed this already? You're hearing no other names. Same thing with Harbaugh. Why he never squashed it. All the NFL guys saying he'll never take the job, but yet there was there was literally no other credible name linked with the Michigan job the entire time. Do you remember this? Three years ago, it's almost mm-hmm. the same situation. There is no other credible name that is linked right now with them and on any level at all. So I, I, I don't. there's no incentive for him to keep this going unless he's going to take the gig. You know, the recruiting aspect is something that, you know, people wonder about. Gosh, would he want to come in and, and, and recruit? He didn't have to do it at the NFL. But you look at all of the FaceTime and branding time yep. that he has had the last decade. Dude only maybe have to go to 10 or 15 in-home visits the whole time he's a head That's coach. That's a good point. That is an excellent point. They, he is a brand unto himself. His, his name and face recognition almost transcends that. So I don't think he's got to hit the road all that much at all. I mean, all the, the, the quarterback use stuff he does before exactly. the draft with yeah. college guys. Guys will take official visits – to Tennessee just to meet now what that does mean is he had because I think you're right I mean Harbaugh loves to recruit so he's on the road all the time I can't see Gruden doing that but if he hires a staff of go-getters okay he's just a closer Tennessee then then all he's got to do is sit there and be the closer on campus and I think you'll see kids take official fidgets there no doubt just because they want FaceTime with coach Gruden and their and their parents you're right, and I've told you before, it's the most beautiful football stadium I've ever been to. The in-state talent pool in Tennessee is so much better than it was when Philip Fulmer had it going 20 years ago because literally like 300 people a day are moving to Nashville. Yeah. It's one of the most uh, you know, relocation, high relocation-heavy cities in the country right now outside of the state of Texas. So there's better football talent there too. Not as It's not Texas or, 
or you know uh, Louisiana in that part of the country, but it's better than it was 20 years ago. And I think when you have a name like him, it transcends those things. So I don't know. Maybe he'll come out tomorrow and squash it. But Johnny's had a full week to squash all of this, and has chosen. Even he's been on ESPN. He's been on Mike and Mike and everything else. He has chosen not to squash this. So why would you not? He doesn't need the attention. He doesn't have a contract leverage. So why not squash this when you've had the chance? Does Urban Meyer take that many visits? Do you know? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. The answer. I mean, I, I live just, I mean, like three miles from Owasso, Oklahoma. It's a, it's a, it's a suburb of Tulsa. And they've had an amazing turnaround this year in the field. But they have a defensive back who's going to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Committed to Ohio State. I'm like, holy freaking crap. I mean, that from from you know, it's it's a six A school in Oklahoma, which is the largest class, but you know, that's that's a pretty big pull for, for Owasso High School. And I'm thinking that I don't think I never heard one bit that Urban Meyer came here and came on that visit. I, he he may be a ceremonial closer as well. Now we know Harbaugh likes to be a little more hands on and spend the night with people and things like that. But, <laughs> but we also can do. But Tennessee can do for for Gruden to do that. What, but one of the reasons we get Harbaugh to do that is with all the is with our private plane. And right. so you know Harbaugh ain't trudging through airports at baggage claim, guys. Okay, sure. so makes it easier. You know, yeah, and that and so I'm sure Gruden, which is probably spending more than his fair share of time on charter flights doing Monday Night Football. 17 weeks a year could um you know uh, could do that gig uh as well but i i, I think it's i think it's 50 50 he's going to take that job only because it doesn't make any sense that he hasn't that he hasn't squashed that and we're not hearing anybody else using that job no one else right now is i mean dan mullen got asked about it but dan mullen got asked about it because paul feinbaum threw his name out there there's nothing coming out of Tennessee media about anybody other than John Gruden. Hmm. Nobody. And the, and the new AD at Tennessee has to know that if you throw John Gruden out there for a week and you come back with Mike Norvell, the coach at Memphis, yeesh, no, don't do that. Brother. Well, yeah, there, there's nothing but downside at this juncture if you don't yeah. get John Gruden. Yeah. Doesn't matter. This is where if you're the Tennessee AD, if Gruden – you need to do – I've not been a huge fan of Gary Barta's reign as Iowa AD overall. But one of the smartest things he did was about – this was about 10 years ago with the basketball search. And they did this show of Bruce Pearl. Do you remember this? Yes. Okay. And just to get it out of the way so the fans can all move on, right? Okay. They, that, they should have done that with Gruden by now. Because if you're not going to bring him in, you have to know anybody else you would get the longer this goes on becomes a – oh. All right, so then you should – this is where you tell John you, – your people need to say to John Gruden, and, and, and our people said this to Harbaugh through back channels early on. If the answer is no, tell us now. So we will go away and go find a coach, right? Because we don't want to sit here wait till the season ends, and then you're like, I'm not coming. So if you're John Curry, the AD at Tennessee, you have to say to John Gruden's people, if the answer is definitively no, tell us now, and we will move on. If not – then we'll hang out and wait for the Monday Night Football season to end, and we'll have a conversation. You have to think they're smart enough to have said that, Connor. Don't you think so? I, I, I would think so. I would think so for sure. I would think so for sure. Um, other, you know, Northwestern beat Minnesota thirty-nine nothing. They're probably going to be nine and three. Michigan State won seventeen-seven over Maryland. They're probably going to be 
nine and three. Michigan State, man. It's literally like karma just decided. All right, we're gonna get everything went against you guys last year. We're gonna give it to you this year. I mean, has you ever seen a team in modern college football history benefit from poop weather games in one season more than them? Seriously. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just like literally everything that they needed to have to turn their season to turn the perception of their program back around after last year's disaster they have received, including muddy tracks, um, which, you know, reduced their, the athletic, um, liability of, of, you know, of the opposition. It's, it's just, well, they're, they're playing, they're playing with Mephistopheles's favor there, maybe potentially in the bad weather. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin, the flag guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you? Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere. Guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. Elsewhere around college football here before we um, wrap this up, Miami got a scare. They came back and closed the deal against Virginia. 16 points. Do you like the, do you like the turnover chain as much as I do? Because I freaking love it. Yeah, well, you want to know You want to know something? Hmm. I don't have any idea what it is. I know that people are wearing a chain around their neck, <laughs> and that's the only thing I know. I've not seen anything other than a photo of it, so I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what it is. What, do you, what is it? It's like, it's like a throwback from Flavor Flav, Luther Campbell days when we were kids. Yeah. And so they, they came up with this thing in the spring. If the defense gets a turnover, then the, the defensive coaches, they've got this big old, big ass gold chain. They, the kids, when they, they run to the sidelines and the defensive guy gets to wear the turnover chain for causing a turnover. It's <laughs> freaking sweet. I know, I know I was a middle aged white guy. I'm not oh, a audience. Man. But I can't get enough of it. I think it is so cool. So the I guy like, gets to wear the chain, yeah, on he's the like, and to, and, right there on the sidelines, and, and yes. to, for, for that like uh, possession changeover yes. until they yeah, got to go the back out. Possession, yes. Okay, so if they don't get a turnover the next possession, it's just like sits in limbo until they get the next turnover. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is a that is a that's a great team camaraderie gimmick for sure. I love how Mark Richt has reinvented himself. You know they're. You know, remember the old Star Treks where you had the alternative universe Kirk with like the really with the goatee and stuff like that, you know? Oh, sure. Mark Richt has gone from, you know, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, choir boy. He's got a goatee out there. He's like totally reinvented himself, you know? He's kind of got this wicked little crooked grin, you know, and uh, he ain't singing how great thou art anymore. And I don't know. I mean, they're bringing the thug life back, but it's kind of adorable now. It's kind of weird, you know? I mean, because they're not out there running a bunch of trash and talk and, and showing their opponents up, but they have they have found this way to bring a more the, the 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 thug life back to the U 
And this time, instead of grating it on you, it, it's kind of cute. It's kind of got this. It's there's an adorable part. Yeah, of it. you kind of think that's, it's, it's, it's like a it's like a cute little puppy. It's just the cute, the puppy happens to be a Doberman. It's called nostalgia. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just getting old. That could be it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. But uh, I can't get enough of the turnover chain. I well, now, now hearing you describe it, and I'm sure there's some people rolling their eyes that I I didn't know what it was, and I I really I really didn't. Um, I like that. It's better than the trash can Tennessee had. I'll say that. Oh gosh, why did <laughs> self-awareness is dead? No one in the no one in the Tennessee program said Butch. Butch, do we really want to have a trash can on the sidelines holding that up? Yep. Is, that, is that where we want to go with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, bucket, Butch. Um, did Baker Mayfield lose the Heisman this weekend? No, no way, dude. Let's 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 that back it up. You know as well as I do that there are keepers of the flame amongst the sports media. No more so than than baseball writers. You know, like the old Bill James, you know, the, the holier-than-thou guys that feel like yeah. they they have a job to keep that uh, sanctified shrine pure. Right. I think the crotch-grabbing and all that, I think there's a lot of guys out there who may cast their vote for somebody else in their minds. I think I saw Pat Hardy say that he wouldn't vote for him. I don't know if Pat has a Heisman vote or not. Maybe he was just saying, if I had a Heisman vote, I'm not sure. But I, it makes me wonder. But is there anybody who's a close second that doesn't live on the West Coast? Well, see, now you're into... We're, you're really... This is, a, this is now electioneering. Mm-hmm. Of course and it is. In an, ele- in an election, you can't beat something with nothing. All right? So I need a viable alternative, and then I need a viable – and since this is not a binary choice, it's not either or pick these two, but it's an open field, you're, you're not going to get agreement on who the alternative is because right so, yeah. now there isn't. Right now there's not somebody who's even a, a clear but distant second. There's just not. If I filled out my ballot today, it would be because you put out, you put three on a ballot. I don't have a ballot, but if I had if I had a ballot and I put three names on a ballot, Baker Mayfield Mayfield be number one, and then the next two, and I'm not sure what order I'd put them in, would be Lamar Jackson and Carryon Johnson would be of Auburn would be the next two names. But there a lot of people wouldn't even have either one of those guys on their right. ballots. They would have two other totally different guys on their ballots. Right. Okay. So I, I think that you don't know, you know. Um, you don't you don't have someone that you're thinking. Well, you know I'm I I like Lamar Jackson, but he did this, and so I'm going to vote for, you know Deshaun Watson instead, or or I I uh, you know I'm going to vote for Christian McCaffrey instead. Right. We don't have that clear number two this year, so I think th- I I don't think I think it's more of a problem for him in the NFL. And the reason why I think it's more of a problem for him in the NFL is. You need the guy in that position. You want him to be ornery and fiery at times like a Tom Brady, but he needs to keep his cool more right. times than not. And, you know, I don't I don't blame him so much for this episode. I, I don't necessarily, you know, recommend, you know, grabbing your junk as a statement on national television. But when there's the a party shot, that respects it. <laughs> well, the cheap shot that he took. Have you seen the film of that? OK. I mean, he, he took a shot helmet to helmet. A guy uh, that should have been wasn't even called a penalty. Guy should have been ejected for that. 
You know, I think also this has been amped up this year because you have a new head coach who's basically his older brother in Lincoln Riley, where they're only about, what, 10 years apart. And it's not Bob Stoops, who's more of a, a clear father figure. And so I think you've, I think that more than likely he doesn't have the fear of God in him for Lincoln Riley that he would have had for Bob Stoops, if you know what I'm trying to say. You're saying the inmates are running the asylum, and I can use well, I think, I, I can I use that. Riley, I can use that since he's white. Yeah, I think Lincoln Riley is more of a substitute teacher. You know, it's 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 more of this was my buddy OC. We hung out together, liked the same music. OC, you know, you know like the same chicks. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he necessarily sees him as a sure. as his head coach. That's that's a that's a good take. Um, anything else from the uh, national scene that would be worth mentioning that we haven't already? Kansas State, old Bill Snyder pulled it out. Witchcraft o- again. Oklahoma yeah, State disappoints. Mike Gundy. What do you think of his? Would this be a good time for Gundy to get out? Might be. He might have taken that program as far as it can go. I mean, if you'd have told Mike Gundy. At the beginning of the year, Mason Rudolph is going to have the ball with a chance to win the game at home in your two most important in two of your three most important games this season. Do you like your chances? He would have said yes. Well, Mason Rudolph failed to deliver both times against Oklahoma and then yesterday against or on Saturday against Kansas State. So, yeah, I I, I do think you have to you, you want to make sure you don't say too long. He's already he it's it is his alma mater, but he's been there a long time. We forget that. All right, it's been a decade. He also has a, a rocky relationship with the with the benevolent Miss Havisham benefactor, uh, T Boone Pickens, the guy who actually runs the athletic department. I, I you know if I'm Mike Gundy, I have to ask myself if I don't leave now, if we get if we go seven and five for a couple of years as we cycle back up, you know. Am I going to wear out my welcome here? If I were him, I'd be looking at a Tennessee or someplace like that. Um, and I'd say to them, I'd even look at a Nebraska because I know that part of the country. I know I can recruit that part of the country. I'd be looking at Nebraska and I'd be looking at that division, which outside of P.J. Fleck, who hasn't established himself yet, doesn't really have any commanding presences. I have a gimmicky offense. Um, I have a certified resume, and I have the personality that right away can win over a fan base, and I know that part of the country very well. If I was Mike Gundy, I'd be looking to move. I would. I think that's a good point. Hmm. You think well, You think Jeff Brom would be at risk of, uh, of leaving Purdue? Do you, you think he might be sought Or after? where? Or I, where? I don't know. I was kind of thinking Tennessee, if if the I, I, Gruden thing didn't happen. I, I listen. We already said everyone's going to be a letdown. Yeah, I, I think I think you would have had an easier. I know this is nuts, but having spent a lot of time in the South the last few years in my career, I think Jeff Braum would have been an easier sell to Tennessee fans coming there from winning 10 games at Western Kentucky Mm -hmm. than going six and six at Purdue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. I just do. Okay. Okay, And and, and then there's, I don't think you can hire the Purdue guy when for going six and six, when you've got Norvell in your own state 
within winning ten games. But that's why I think it's Gruden because right, right. They would have they would have they they'd have to know that. I mean, do you see the story about Callahan's barbecue saying Mike John Gruden's in a yes, restaurant? Yes. Yes. All right. This is you have to know if you're John Curry, your fan base is on freaking tilt right now, man. Okay. You cannot show them this much leg. And then not have the minister show up for the wedding when they're already looking forward to the consummation, brother. You can't do that, okay? You have to. You have. You have got to send the signal right now. Hey, um, not happening. And that way, you've got a good week or so to let all this to let people catch their breath and their excitement die down before you bring in a coach after Thanksgiving for the for the final for the early signing period recruiting push. They have to be self-aware enough to recognize this. They have to. Right, right. All right, that'll wrap up this installment of the HN Podcast. Thank you to Heartland Flagpoles and Flags, the Iowa Pork Producers and Exile Brewing Company for their sponsorship. And thank you for listening.